you are about to enter into the matrix of our minds, interests, experiences, and conflicts. We are not heroes. We are not villains. We are just hopeful vessels looking to bring information, discussions, and enlightenment. You might not always agree with us, and that's okay. We don't always agree with each other. Here, we'll offer our vulnerable selves to you. So grab your spade as you join us to dig deeper. And welcome to The Trench Effects. Hello everyone! Welcome to The Trench Effects! My name is Chulani Tamuza. Uh, so over there is Daryl Trabile. We hope that you are safe wherever you are. Um, we, are about to, we are about to open the economy in South Africa and alcohol is about to be available. So I hope everyone's excited. And when you hear this, I hope you have some little bazniana. And yeah, man. Um, so how are you? Oh, I am doing absolutely fantastic. Uh, I had a great week. It was a very productive week, so I'm glad that I was able to run through a lot of things. Also, I am just so excited to buy myself a bottle of white wine. Like, I cannot wait. <laughs> I cannot oh my God. wait, boy. Oh my God. People on wine doesn't make sense. No, boy, it's, it's a classy drink. It's, it's okay. I don't expect you to understand. But I'm also really excited for us to move down to level three. I think it is going to really just lighten the the tension in the air and you know a lot of people be able to do a lot of the normal day-to-day activities that we've really taken for granted and i think that a lot of people are going to be really happy about this i think also just to provide some context to all our listeners if you are listening to this at some point in the future we are currently in the year 2020 may or rather the end of may 2020 to be exact and uh we are currently in a national lockdown due to the covid 19 pandemic so this is the place where we are coming from we've been in level five for a few weeks um the last number of weeks we've been in level four and starting as of tomorrow we shall officially be down to level three and as you can hear we are absolutely ecstatic about this and yeah and so, how are you doing? Um, I'm okay, man. Um, also quite excited um, for for level three. But like, can I tell like a weird story, right? Um, when did the president speak last week? Tuesday, right? Um, like, so I I listened to this whole thing, and like now everyone is going back to work, and I start panicking. Um, I really start panicking and, and then I'm asking myself like, dude, why are you panicking? And the weird thing I found that like life was changing yet again, right? I'd gotten accustomed to working from home. I'd created some, some form of routine at home. And now the thought of things going back to like a different normal because we, it's been like two months now. So we had made like, these two months our way of like new normal like we had gotten into like a routine and like i just found it weird how no matter what change we get as human beings whether good or bad the feeling of anxiety never leaves us 
um, it's constantly always there. And, and then I, I like, I was like, maybe I need to find better ways to, to deal with the pressures of things changing. Cause we live in such a dynamic world that like change is actually the most constant thing that we have in the 21st century. So yeah, that was like my almost epiphany, like of the week. It's just like, I just need to learn how to deal with change more. All right. So can I ask something? I'm curious what, what about change is it that gives you anxiety? Um, and you know, do you think that change is something that should be embraced or do you think that it is something that should be avoided? Um, if we didn't embrace change, would we have smartphones? Would we have the platform that we are using right now? Okay. I think. I, I'm not, I'm not sorry to interrupt, but I'm not talking about change in the sense of, um, like, yes, obviously it means smartphones have created change, but I think that falls more into the category of, um, progression, could I say, or, or human advancement. But I'm talking more of in a personal capacity, like change, let's say change to your routines, change of a job, change of relationships, change of, um, uh, thought patterns that you may have the i think the word that you used there was progression and for me um in hindsight now that's what change is right it's it's like when you break up with someone that's a form of change and you then need to decide how you're going to progress going forward um are you going to wallow in, in your pain or are you going to progress into something quote unquote that is better so for me, I think that's like a way to look at it. It is exactly that, hence the analogy um, of like smartphones, because smartphones were seen as some as a great invention, right? And I'm sure there was some people who were quite okay with the 3310. Um, Bro, that phone but... banged. That phone was... <laughs> right. Did you play... It wasn't snakes and ladders, was it snake? Snake the uh, and no. bounce. Yeah, it is. It it, it is snakes. It, yeah. it is snakes and ladders. Like, yeah. like the thing that used to go. Ah, oh, yeah. yeah. That that's that's <laughs> that's that, that's the one. Um and and yeah, like we have to progress. For for example, we we moved from cassettes to CDs to USBs, and now we're on streaming platforms. And if you if you don't progress with the time, you get left behind. Um to use a company analogy, um, Kodak was left behind. So many, um, like Mr. Videos was left behind as a result of them not changing. Um, Netflix came and changed the game. So it's just, it's, I think it's a mindset thing. Um, it's, 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 it's being able to look at the change as progressing forward. To go back to my initial uh, point, um, Technically, the change that I was feeling nervous about is moving towards a good thing, right? It's moving towards a more open economy. A lot of people are suffering at this point in time. Uh, it means that the country is doing better at, at essentially managing this whole corona thing for them to feel that they can open. So it, it's really a good progression. I just couldn't really 
adjust to it. I needed to take some time to mentally know that my life will again change from what it was. But anyway, um, the topic that we've decided um, to start our our podcast on is love and marriage. Um, we're going to use love and marriage interchangeably because we believe they one in the same thing. You know, you can't have one without the other. It's going also going to go to dating and courtship. Um, it's going to be an all-encompassing um, series of episodes just talking about these concepts called love and marriage. And to be honest with you, it's quite weird um, doing this as because Daryl and I are both not in relationships and we're both not married. So our, our opinions are based on objective researches that we've gone through. Um, they're also based on observation from our family members and friends. And lastly, we've also been in the trenches um we've also been in in situations where we've learned a lot and and as like life is just a constant progression so so yeah um that's us as we give you love and marriage <laughs> <laughs> so before we go any further um in introducing this topic and I just like to you know I start this in an interesting way now I've personally never been a big fan of romantic movies. I remember at home, uh, it's been particular my mom, sisters, and one of my brothers, they are massive fans of romantic movies. And I remember watching romantic movies growing up and I would literally start cringing. Like I was the kid who just wanted to see explosions and fast cars in movies. And that's why I live for the Fast and Furious and John Wick and superhero movies. And I'm not the biggest fan of movies about love and flowers and where people start declaring their love for another person. Um, and I want I, I do itch a bit after watching them and so sometimes after watching them i prescribe at least four hours of listening to future you know just to get my heart back into equilibrium again uh but between the two of us i know that tulani is a massive fan of romantic movies so to kick off today's topic tulani i would like to know what is your favorite romantic movie or movies and why um, you know, it's weird, man. Uh, I was watching The Fast and the Furious about like two, three weeks ago. The latest one with Dwayne Johnson and... Jason Statham. Uh, yeah. And that guy, I forgot his That's name. That's a uh, bad man. Ugh. Gosh, stop. But like, I hated every moment of it, right? And it, it like, it made me realize like our clear differences between you and I because... For me, I was just look, I was looking for the emotion, right? Um, I was looking for the moments that I could relate to. Like, I was looking for the everyday moments because let's face it. When do you see people chasing each other with guns in real life, right? <laughs> um, so, I, th- I think if you watch, yeah, <laughs> I think, I think if you watch the news, uh, you could probably see it. But again, look, I'm, I do understand the context in which you are referring to. Um, in that sense, yeah, definitely. So, so like, so like for me, like when I was a kid, 
I always just looked for emotions. Like I always just wanted to feel something. I still do actually. Like 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 I want to not waste my time watching something. So my favorite movies I probably say The Vow, uh The Notebook, Dear John, and most recently um Crazy Stupid Love. Uh by the looks of it I just like anything Channing Tatum has. So, oh probably also Ryan Reynolds. I mean, I mean look at the guy, right? So, so yeah, th- those are my I think four favorite movies. Okay, so outside of it having dashing lead actors in it, uh, in these romantic movies, uh if I may ask what like why those movies what what similarity or similarities are are there between those movies and why do you enjoy them so much? Um it was like the idea of regardless of what's happening in your life love can be your saving grace. Um it was the idea that in order for you to maintain and keep a relationship going love is the thing that you need. It's it's in the it's in the magical moments, right? It's it's in for example in the vow um this lady loses her entire memory and love is the thing that gets her back to her husband to provide context i'm sure some people have seen the vow i doubt daryl has um so like the the lady gets into a serious car accident and then she loses her memory and she remembers everything just before she met her husband and her husband then uses love as a way for her to regain her memory she never regains her memory however she falls in love with this man again because this man gives her the same feelings that she felt prior to meeting him and and for me it always felt like that was so relatable it it always felt like i needed that moment in my life to to be you know like 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 i needed magical moments like and it's so sad because i'd also go to my dates with the same with the same idea that we're going to have mind blowing conversations and we're going to take walks in the park but like dog let's face it like walks in the park in south africa ain't the same in america or europe like it's just not that romantic you might just get mugged <laughs> yeah that's very true so wait before we carry on i'm just curious okay tulani let's say you're let's say you're going on a date all right so you know you hit the gym during the day um you got your cologne on you got your haircut you're looking fine in a nice outfit you know you made sure you lotioned your knees so your ripped jeans aren't showing ashy knees uh and you go on a date like what are you typically expectant for Let's say someone you met in the DMs or maybe you met at a function of sorts. You don't particularly know much about them. Like what like what's your ideal date? Me now or me 2 years from now. Uh oh, let actually five, not even 2 years. 3 months from from uh, uh before this moment. However you want to answer it. Um okay, firstly you forgot something. You know in between your fingers like when you're putting in lotion like there's those parts that are hard to get like you you have to be intentional you know because you don't want to hug her right you you have to like shake her hand 
And you can't show those parts as ashy because you forgot to put on lotion, you know. So so that's also like a key moment when you go out. For anyone who's listening, when you go on a date, you need to make sure that you also get those those parts. It's just in between your fingers. Um, I have a trick, though. Okay. Um, I remember I was speaking to my brother, right, about this very <laughs> same thing. So if... And so this is to all the gents and even to the ladies listening. Um, though most women I've been on a date with, their pants are always quite well moisturized and they normally have some sort of lotion in their bags. It's normally us gents who, you know, kind of, you know, don't take anything to lubricate our lips. Don't take anything to <laughs> make sure our hands are moist. You know, we just lick our lips. We're like, okay, yeah, I'm good to go. Um, but one thing that actually works with your hands is if you, um, claps your hands together so almost like interlock your fingers with her right and you keep like no no with yourself oh, okay and you keep like compressing until they start getting warm what happens is that your hands actually start to sweat right and then they start building moisture through that so that's actually like a you know if you're in the event that there is no lotion in the bathroom <laughs> right um, and in today's world now, we're going to be using hand sanitizer quite a bit. And especially in bathrooms, I've seen that a lot of them have hand sanitizer. So that's obviously going to dry out your hands quite a bit. So if you collapse your hands together and start pulsing them and start warming them up, they'll start to generate moisture and then, you know, your hands won't be ashy. But anyway, Tilani, you're about to give us your uh, expectations um that that's a life tip by the way from the trench effects um men i'd suggest that you take it um uh but before i answer you know it's also like weird right your body sabotages you in the worst moments like you're out on this date you have to take a dump or you really have to pee or your lips just get suddenly ashy and or or you just feel so gassy and you're like dude not right now. Like, we were fine just a minute ago. Now, suddenly, I'm on this date and my body is just sabotaging me. It wants to do weird things. Um, but to answer your question, like, so prior to this, um, uh, as I looked for magical moments, right? Um, I looked for the theatrics in, in relationships. Like, I was looking for mystery, if I can call it that. I was looking for, for someone who, who made me feel as if I was inhumane, um, from a sense of like we were in a fairy tale movie and our lives were built or our lives were made so that this moment feels like it was meant to happen and was about to intertwine. However, now I'm, I'm looking at it from a different perspective. Uh, I'm looking at mostly the the everyday moments, right? I'm not looking for grand gestures. I'm just looking for us to be able to have a conversation as as people, uh, because grand gestures are anyone can can do a grand gesture, but like. To be able to hold a conversation that feels natural as if you were having a conversation with a normal friend, I think that's somehow even harder to get. Um, so, so yeah, like that's what I look for. What do you look for, sir, when you go on a date? Well, from my side, I think, so this is how my brain works, basically, right, is if I were ever to enter into a relationship of sorts with someone, I see it as an investment, right? 
So I'm the type of person who I like to make an informed investment, in this case it being an informed decision of whether or not I should pursue something further with this particular person. So in terms of my expectations, um, I'm just really looking to get to know this person. I have my list of questions. Uh, they fall into a few categories. Typically, I'm trying to find out what their principles are, trying to find out about their interests, and also I'm just trying to find out about their life experiences. And I basically have those three categories and I use that to, you know, paint a picture of what the type of person is. In terms of me looking for the spark, I think I don't really look for a spark when I go on dates because I think that if it is to happen, it kind of happen naturally. You know, when you've gone on a date with someone and you just click, like literally you're completing each other's sentences. Um, you know, you start singing a song and she kind of finishes the last half of it and everything is just going well. I think I've fallen more into that category of kind of just letting it happen naturally and really just you know expecting that um in terms of other expectations that i have uh is really just to also create uh, a picture of this person in my head so i can almost like weigh them up and say okay so i've met you today i spent maybe one two three sometimes five <laughs> hours on this date with you and this is what i know about you and this is what I don't know about you. And this is what I would like to get to know more about you. And so I really want to come back, uh, being able to decide whether or not I'd like to, you know, continue to speak to this person or whether or not I'm like, ah, actually, you know what? Yeah. I, I think you'll just be a mate. Eh? <laughs> you'll just be one of, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll just be a part of the gang and we kind of move it from then on. And isn't it? I, yeah. No, continue. So I think what's interesting for me is how we're going on a date with these girls or girl, and Bro, we have all not not that plural. The <laughs> guy. Um, <laughs> we have all these expectations for this particular date, right? And what's interesting is, so when you're looking at analyzing a piece of data. Right. You cannot only or let's say you're looking at creating a conclusion using data. Right. You cannot only rely on one piece of data in order to create your conclusion. Correct. You need to actually gather multiple sources of data in order to create a conclusion about this particular thing. Now, I think I find it ironic how we know this when it comes to applying ourselves to our jobs. And, you know, if you studied a degree in university or if you are studying a degree in university, um, which involves, you know, numerical analysis and um, statistical models and all that, we know how to apply it in those contexts. But when it comes to us dating or when it comes to us going on a date, I think that we don't really apply that. How you meet someone for two hours and within two hours of meeting them, you made up your mind, yes or no. You know, and it could be that maybe like maybe they were just had an off day. Maybe they had a really long week and something happened. Um, maybe they just went up to it that particular time. But we have such a small sample size and we decide to cancel someone from our lives or decide, no, this person's not worth me investing more into. And ironically, on the flip side, 
if someone blows you away in that small amount of time, right? We would be so eager and so willing to jump into something and make such a big investment of our time, energy, and sanity of entering a relationship with this person when we have such a small sample size. Now, it could be a three-hour date. It could be three weeks of talking. I still think that's a bit of a small sample size, and yet we either jump into a relationship so quickly or we uh, cancel someone so quickly. As, as quick. It's, it's, it's weird, right? So to personalize this, um, remember at inception of um, this podcast episode, um, it was quite distinctive in the different personality traits that Dara and I have where I'm more of the emotive one and he leads with logic, right? And it's been like two months, two or three months now where I've been single. And I remember like my ex-girlfriend, the the day that um, I asked her out, I, I literally, I didn't tell Daryl because I knew um, what his response would be, right? I knew his, his mentality at that point in time. But as, as just, as me, cause he's like my close friend. So to cover myself, I tell him an hour before, um, I ask her out. I, I tell him like, yo, bro, my brother asked, um, this girl out and wish me luck. My man's over here. Instead of going dog, good luck. He then goes for the jugular. He didn't, he then starts asking me these questions. As he mentioned, we, as people in our normal numerical analysis, we take different data points. And in order to get to a conclusion, like when you're reading a peer, a peer reviewed journal, it's multiple sources of information. And then that's how they get to like the main answer. He then asked me all these different variations of questions about her and also about myself. And cause we had only been speaking for a month at the time. So, and his main question was, do I know this person enough to actually be in a relationship with her? And me in a panic, I'm like, bro, I'm about to do it now. And in my arrogance, because I know better, I'm like, dog, just, just leave it, you know, like, just, just leave it. I got this, you know, it's me against the world. Um, it's going to work out. And well, him and I are both single right now, so we know how that ended. And um, and then, like in hindsight, I I realized that I was longing for a relationship, right? I wanted a relationship more than I wanted someone. So what I'm I'm trying to say here is like at that point in time, I was gonna choose anyone to be in a relationship with if they were beautiful and they seemed to have something going on in their life and they can carry a conversation. The first person that comes that resembles those things, I was ready to be in a relationship with. And that might have been a thing of me thinking that in order to be fulfilled as a person, I need to be in a relationship. Um, it's a result of me having an, an expectation of at 25, I need to already be in the process of marriage, in the process of relationship, in the process of getting kids. I had not really 
reconciled my life and and done a proper analysis of where I am at this point in time, there was still this expectation from as a kid that by X Y H I need to be in a relationship, and I was just willing to take anyone. And it's also like sometimes we feel as if we can't do better than the person that we're currently talking to. Like we feel as if like this person right now who is in who might like me, I can't get any it can't get any better than this, right? Or we feel as if in the long run this person might not like me anymore. And the truth is whether you enter into a relationship right now out of a need or a longing to be wanted, um, if this person is going to become sober and the infatuation point runs away, they're going to break up with you in the, wrong, in the long run regardless, right? If they feel as if at, at the time of deciding to be in a relationship with you, they were not sober-minded, the breakup will happen. You're just delaying the process. But like, as Daryl mentioned, the, his advice to me after the relationship was to prolong the dating period. Uh, by prolong, he gave me a six months, um, what you call this, period, right? And in the six months period, he was just saying that it's enough for you to actually learn different parts of this person, right? It's enough for you to get over the infatuation period. It's enough for you to basically get to know parts of themselves because a person can put their best foot forward for around about four months or maybe three, right? But after a while, life happens and you see the real self about the people. And the problem about dating after a month or two weeks is we we only get to see the best foot forward by that person. And I was listening to a sermon uh, by Pastor Darius Daniels uh, earlier last week where he was like, in society, we make, abnorm- we make abnormal situations the normal way of doing things. Just because a couple met after a week, started dating, and now they've been married for 60 years, doesn't make it the normal way of doing things. History says that you need to know each other, you know, like you need to know each other far more than the infatuation point. You need to know the things that you guys disagree on. And, and yeah, like for me, that was like, that was like a smack. Um, It was like something I needed to learn. I needed to learn how to love myself more. Um, I needed to learn how to be alone. I needed to learn how to not feel like someone is going to run if I don't date them right now. And knowing that if they run, I'm probably better off. And, and, and like, yeah, so how do you think, like, how do you manage certain expectations um, from a society point of view and from a you point of view, like dealing with where you should be in life and where you are at this point in time. Um, so I'm presuming this is in particular to relationships. Yes, sir. Oof. Look, I think 
what I always like to view life as is that at the end of the day, as much as people may be putting pressure wait, on wait, me. Wait, wait, wait first. Um, at 25, sorry, at 25, did you think you'd be single? And then, yeah. Look, I must confess. I must confess. <laughs> <laughs> I fell into that. You know, when we're 15 years old or 16, our night, I fell into that. Yeah, when I'm 24, I'm going to be married, moving into my first house club. I, I, I put up my hand. I was, I was, I was like a leader in that gang. Um, <laughs> so I must say, I have disappointed myself immensely in that regard, being in the current predicament that I find myself in. But yeah, like I did fall in that club. When I was younger, I did not think at 25 i would still be single granted i have changed so much since i was young to where i am now and not to say that getting married young is a bad thing i actually think it's a beautiful thing and from what i've seen on the streets (laughs) the quicker you get out the better (laughs) but uh it is a beautiful thing to get married young and i have seen incredibly successful young couples i however have also seen some dysfunctional young married couples too so i do lean a bit more to the the club of you know what actually get married when you are mature enough and then you feel that you're ready whether that be at 24 whether that be at 34 whether that be at 44 or 74 uh, we all grow and shape and form in different ways and we all mature at different speeds now obviously you being older gives you the potential to be mature or more mature, but that does not necessarily mean you're more mature when you're older. And look, if I'm being honest as well, I don't think that maturity is the only thing that one should be considering when it comes to whether you should be getting married or not. I think that there are a lot of other factors. Like, for example, is your cup full? Are you in a position where you can pour into another person's life? Because I think that, okay, let me get into my philosophic bag now uh i think we are jordan b peterson about about to load nah (laughs) (laughs) look i'll be i'm all for self-development and self-love right i think that is a beautiful thing and i think that every person whether you are 16 or whether you are 66 at some point in your life i think everyone needs to go on that journey to discover self-love and to make peace with who they are. And from that point, you can then continue to build your life. However, I do feel that we have lost the plot a bit as a society. Reason being, reason being that, you know, so to give some background, I'm a Christian. And you know, in the Bible, Jesus says that we should love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Now, that is a really powerful statement that you should love your neighbor as you love yourself. So that means that I will only be able to love my neighbor to the extent that I love myself. So I need to be, I first have to discover that self-love, right? And have that and have that on lock. But that's only half of the equation. Once I got that self-love, I then need to extend and love thy neighbor, and I think that so often, especially when it comes to relationships, we have, we've built ourselves up so much and we have all these requirements 
and all of these things that we believe we're entitled to. And some of them we are entitled to, other them I think we may be reaching sometimes because it, and I, I myself am guilty of this. I find it hard to look in the mirror a lot of times. And oftentimes I may put myself on a higher pedestal than what I ought to be. And I may not be completely honest with myself about where I am. And I think that we tend to put ourselves on these pedestals and we ex- just want another person to keep pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring into us. Like, you know, if you don't respond to me how I want to, then you're cancelled. If you don't give me what I want, <laughs> how I want it, you're cancelled. I'm not going to compromise. I'm not. I'm not. Me, me, me. And I think that that comes from a real place. I, I, I honestly see it as an element of narcissism. Right. I think that, yes, we have been hurt. I've been hurt, too. I know for a fact you've been hurt, Tulani. <laughs> um, and it could be us. It could be us trying to protect ourselves from pain. That we have all these criteria. And if we see anything that disagrees slightly from what we know, we cancel it because I don't want to. I've been hurt before. I compromised before I gave my hand and someone took my whole arm. So I don't want to do that again. But I think that you cannot have a relationship without vulnerability. So with regards to love thy, love thy neighbor as though you love yourself, right? Um, the, the contrasting um, reality of what Daryl has said is the fact that if you don't love yourself, right, you tend to give that same energy to the person that you're dating. Um, which is why some other people will become really insecure in the relationship because they become insecure as they have failed to deal with certain issues within themselves and they're simply projecting it to the person that they are dating, you know? And it becomes a thing where you then idolize the person that you're dating. They become a form of God to you um, as they need to be this perfect being but I haven't dealt with my own quote-unquote imperfections, right? And and every moment becomes a fight because you've never spent enough time alone to realize that, you know what, I'm okay the way that I am. I don't need any more or any less than what I have. And the person, if I love myself, the person should should love me the way that I come, which is why we end up doing stupid stuff as people, right? We end up acting out of character to satisfy the other person. And the out of character isn't like to compromise for greater good. It's to act outside of who you are. And then when the relationship ends, you trash talk the person that you are dating. You you want to be like, no, oh my gosh, I can't believe I spent a year in this person. I wasn't who I thought I was. You know, I acted out of who, uh, I, act, I acted outside of myself. And I believe that not enough introspection on who you are can be very detrimental in the relationships that you want to gain. So you need to be self-aware and realize um, and, and realize that you are just more than like, it's hard to explain, man. Like just love yourself and, eventually you'll find someone that will love you exactly that you are and don't just get into relationships because 
you seek validation from another person that you haven't spent enough time to validate. And and yeah, that's like the the sad part about loving yourself and yeah. And with that, right? Do you in your personal capacity because I think this whole thing of um, loving yourself and what we need from relationships and compromise and all that, I think that forms a part of our expectations for a particular relationship. And I want to know, do you think that we communicate our expectations accurately? And do you think that is something that should be communicated? So, for example, you mentioned earlier how in your previous relationship you kind of basically dated whoever came along it was a thing of i just want to be in a relationship and whoever comes along and ticks a few boxes uh, i'm gonna enter that with with them do we ever do you think that we should be communicating something like that so let's say with your ex you would have told okay listen i'm in a stage in my life right now where i just want to be in i, I want to try something and these are my reasons why, because I feel lonely and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do you think that's something that we should communicate to them? Um, so people fear transparency out of a fear of rejection, right? Because there's a high chance that if I had communicated that portion, um, she might have been like, oh, um, she might not have felt special, right? Because people want to know that when they enter into a relationship that you don't enter into a relationship with me because I tick a physical box, I, I tick an economic box, or I tick a, a life box, right? People want to be loved for the small things. People want to be loved. Oh, like Daryl is quite thoughtful. Uh, people want you to notice the small, minute things about them, right? So if I'd communicated um, that I want to be in a relationship simply because I, it, it feels to me like that's the thing that I need to take in my life, there's a high chance that she might have rejected me. But if she had rejected me prior to the relationship, it would have saved us a, long, a lot of time. Because we broke up after a month and that like we would not have spent the month dating because we would have known that my reasons to enter into the relationship was were not good enough to actually sustain a relationship. And and you could see this in my personality because um, I remember you and I went out and the night before. I was telling you about like my insecurities and how I felt like I was not enough and because I just met her parents and I felt like I, I just felt like she was too good for me. Like what is too good for me, right? There's no such thing. But had I entered the relationship for the right reasons, I would not have felt like she was too good for me. And it's something that you had even pressed when we were together that like, yo, like, bro, come on. Like, why do you feel this way? But I do think that we need to communicate our expectations to the person because people are not mind readers, right? And if you don't tell them where you're at and in terms of like your personal space and where you want to be, they'll never know. They, they'll just give you a love that they think is important. 
However, we're all different beings. So, so yeah, and we just need to be transparent. And transparency offers the other person an opportunity to make a decision. So if someone doesn't know where you're at and they make a decision to date you based on misinformed or, or omitted information, it then feels like you kind of lied to them of some sort. So for, for us being men and being a man of your word and being a person who is honest and give the other person enough information to make an informed decision about this relationship. Don't, don't lie or miss the information out of thinking that they're going to like you better. It is better for someone to like you for who you are, where you're at, than to like you based on where you want to be in life. Because what we do in life is that we, if we, if we are on a date, right? And you're asking me, Tulani, who are you? There's a high chance that I'm going to give you who I want to be and not necessarily who I am, right? And the difference between the two is that it's work in progress. However, because I want to put my best foot forward, I then give you false information. And now when we're actually doing this dating thing, you realize that this nigga is not the person that he said he was. And that's mostly because that's I told you who I wanted to be, but I'm still a work in progress as we all are. Hey everyone, thank you so, so, so much for making it this far in the podcast. We really appreciate you giving us your undivided attention and really listening to the discussion that we've had. I really hope that you learned something new and that you got some key takeaways. I know I definitely did. And I'd actually like to just share some of my key takeaways from this conversation with you just to wrap everything up for this segment. I think the first real key takeaway that I've had is how Tulani and my personalities differ so much. Now, as I explained earlier, I tend to veer more towards the action-based movies or John Wick's Fast and Furious superhero movies and all that. And he looks a lot more for emotions in the films that he listens to. So the first question that I would like to ask you as part of this key takeaway is, what's your favorite romantic movie? And what about it gets to you? And we'd love to hear from you in terms of this. And if you're not a fan of romantic movies, what other movie is it that you're interested in? Uh, please care to share. Um, and if you say that you like John Wick, it has to be John Wick 2. I'm not accepting answers for any other John Wick movie. Second key takeaway, which, which I took, is how we create all these grand ideas in our head whenever we go on a date with someone and we have all these expectations which we <laughs> expect this person to meet which they are not even aware of them meeting now whether these expectations are realistic or they're unrealistic whether it's fair or it's not fair we all tend to do it and i think the big 
questions that I've been asking myself when I've reflected on this podcast is when I'm about to enter into a relationship with someone, have I taken the necessary steps to communicate my expectations clearly to them so that I at least give them a chance to try and meet them? And the second big question I ask in this regard is before I even communicate these expectations, have I taken a hard look in the mirror and asked myself whether these expectations are fair of me to ask of another person? And if I were in their shoes, would I be able to meet them myself? The last key takeaway that I've had is how we really make uninformed decisions when it comes to our relationships and how really increasing the sample size of the amount of time, experiences and memories that I've had with this person I want to enter into a relationship with will really assist me so much more in making an informed decision and spare me heartbreak further down the line. The reason being is that I know your time is valuable and I believe that my time and Tulani's time is valuable too. And I think that we all have things that keep us busy, whether it be our jobs, whether it be our businesses, whether it be our studies, or whether it be us just trying to, you know, walk through this life journey. And we need to really make sure that whatever it is that we invest our time in, whether it be a job, whether it be a hobby, whether it be a, f- a fitness regime, whether it be friends, or whether it be a romantic pursuit with someone We need to make sure that we make informed decisions so that we do not waste our time. Now, in closing, I just want to say thank you again for listening to this segment of The Trench Effects. And please leave a review on this podcast. Please like and subscribe. And in addition to that, please feel free to hit us up in the DMs if you would like to question anything that we've said, if you would like to just... Um, have a discussion over it whether you agree or disagree we are open to all forms of communication because that is what we want to do on this podcast is we want to create dialogue and stimulate thoughts but until we meet again friends we're going to continue be continuing with this theme surrounding love and relationships and really hope that you enjoy our next segment until we meet again keep well and this is the trench effects